This podcast is proudly brought to you by Sky Racing and Ingress, number one in its field. Special guest is Danny Williams, and this is part two of our podcast interview. Dan Cablamo was another terrific horse for the stable. He was raced by Alan Cardi and about nine partners. He won 10 races, two at Randwick, one at Rose Hill, and he won a listed race at Flemington. John, he was a, a, a very good horse. We, we uh, Alan um, had a, a stable in New Zealand with Tony Pike, and uh, Tony and, and, and myself worked for Alan as private trainers. And um, occasionally we would uh, get horses off Tony from New Zealand. He was one of those horses, as was Wasted Emotions. Mm. And uh, Cablemo was uh, was a very tough horse. He won from 1,200 to uh, 2,100 metres. He was a marauding and um, didn't have a, a passion for, for wet tracks, but uh, he was a very tough horse. And uh, remember going to uh, Flemington on uh, Cup Day, and uh, I was uh, extremely confident and declared for the horse. I think we got 25 to 1 about him that day. Mm. And uh, and uh, Craig Newitt rode him, and that was a big thrill winning on, on Cup Day after uh, Maccabi Diva, the race straight after Maccabi Diva won her first cup. Fox Lake was another great money spinner for the stable. He won eight with nine placings, and he won five in town. Donnie looked like being uh, one of the better three-year-olds in Sydney at the time, and I remember going to Melbourne with that horse. I think he started equal favourite in a Salinger handicap. Uh, he was a horse with, with big ability, and um, uh, the biggest thrill that I had with Fox Lake is we uh, had perhaps our biggest plunge. Uh, we were known as a bit of a punting stable back then, mm. and uh, remember on Oaks Day at Ramwick, we backed that horse from 80s into 9 to 4. Uh, and mm. uh, got the money. Uh, we had our hearts in our mouth. He was three in front with, with 100 or 200 to go, yeah. and I think he won by a short half head and <laughs> one stride past the post. I think he was fifth. Mm. He stopped that quick, but uh, he got the money all the same, and he was a very talented horse. Court Connection was another one you had fun with. He was a gelding by Lonro. He won nine races, uh, won a lot of prize money, three in the city, and this is the one that gave you the big buzz, the 2013 Canberra Cup with Glyn Schofield up. Yeah, that was a big thrill. Um, he was a, a perhaps not one of the better horses that I've had, but um, he was a, a real trier. And as you said, he, he won enough races. We had a lot of fun with him. There were some good owners in him, including Simon Poynivan. And, um, mm. um, yeah, look, he, he won a Canberra Cup and uh, – Gave us a big thrill, and and uh, I think he also won a, um, a few Saturday races uh, mm. in town. Loved the wet as well. Yep, Cape Breton uh, was a bit of fun for you too. He won about four hundred and twenty-five thousand. Yeah, a big thrill. It was a, a bit of a um, a gold of mine. I remember Jack Gallagher going to uh, to Brisbane uh, from Coonabarabra and, and, and won the uh, Queensland Cup there. So it was a bit of a milestone of mine. Mm. Um, Kate Breton was a, a, a very good three-year-old. I remember him winning in Sydney and 
he got beat at uh, Rose Hill and and Alan said, oh, look, uh, we should put him in the paddock. And I said, no, Alan, I, I'd like to run him in the Queensland Derby. And he said, well, look, you know, the horse has only been beaten at uh, at Rose Hill in a Saturday race. I, I wouldn't think that he was up to that. Mm. So uh, I got my way with Alan, persuaded him otherwise, and uh, we went to uh, Queensland Derby. And uh, I think he was last all the way, and Craig, Craig Williams rode him for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, he came around the whole field and and ran second. And I think that uh, had he rode the horse for a bit of luck, I'm mm-hmm. sure that the horse would have won the Queensland Derby as well. But the the mm-hmm. Queensland Cup was very satisfying. Um, we uh, we also had a bit of a, a bet on him that day, and I think Alan got eight to one about the horse, and uh, mm-hmm. it was a, a very good day. I think we ended up with a double that day in Brisbane. On a sad note. I'd like to remember your nephew, Reese Potter, who died in the hospital following a fall at a picnic race meeting at Tottenham in 2011. Reese was the son of your only sister, Vicky, and Michael Potter, also a jockey. It was a terrible time for all. Very hard to talk about, John, um, without getting a bit emotional about it all. Um yeah, look, Reese was a lovely boy. Uh, he was, uh, I was most probably um, his biggest fan. Uh, Reese had a, um, was very, yeah, as you can, as you can hear, I'm very emotional about this. It's it, it sort of, um, he lived wanting to be like myself. He was, he, he wasn't light enough to be a jockey, but had a, a, an absolute passion for for riding horses and wanted to to ride in races like myself and yeah you and were his, his role model Danny eh? you were his I role was, model yeah for sure yes, yeah yeah and um, look he, he 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 was going really well at the at the time as an amateur rider and he he was a bull rider before that and and mm. we I think um, Vicky and, and and my father persuaded him otherwise and. Um, he, he put his efforts into to riding at the amateurs and was was riding really well at the time and had a bad accident and unfortunately um, this is part of the danger of, of riding these horses and mm. and uh, yeah it was a very sad day for all. Before we get on to your more recent winners, can I ask you this question? The Tab Highway races have been a reality now for about three and a half years. You've won 16 and a half of them. You've had eight seconds this season alone. How much do these races mean to country owners and trainers? John, they've been a lifeline to um, us people in the country. Um, because I've, I've perhaps been in racing for so long, I, I think I remember the good old days being so good and I, I was a bit disheartened or, or of loss that sort of passion uh, somewhat with racing and, and these, the inception of highway races has brought back an opportunity to be racing in the city and, and, and it's given us a lifeline of prize money and injected new owners into the industry. It's, it's, it's basically been, um, you know, our bread and butter in the last couple of years. It, it's, it's, it, our, our, our 
business itself has just absolutely thrived since the inception of these highway races. It's brought back new owners and it's mm. brought back confidence into the country. And I think that uh, it, it's it's certainly been um, one of the most instrumental um, factors of, of uh, getting country racing back up and going as what? it has. One of your good highway winners is She Knows, who's won two of them, in fact, and probably should have been in the finish at Randwick on the 25th of May. She's been a terrific mare for the stable. Uh, she's won $446,000 so far, three in town, as I said, and two highways. And uh, there's a few more left in her, Dan, by the look of it. Yeah, very unlucky yesterday, John. She she uh, didn't have much luck at Ramwick. She's come out of the highway races and only, I think, 14 months ago, 13 months ago, she won a, a Class 2 highway race at Hawkesbury. Mm-hmm. And since then, she's, she has run second in the Caulfield Stakes and uh, she's been placed in group races and um, she's a, a, um, been a bonny little filly for my partner and myself and we lease her and Mm. She's our winx, so she's come a long way, and that just goes to show the um, the the um, uh, quality of horses coming through these highway races today. Mm. Don't give a damn has a terrific record: seven wins out of sixteen starts, four hundred eighty-four thousand dollars, and doesn't he like a highway? Uh, he's won two of them. He ran second in the country championship final last year and fourth in the Kosciuszko. He's been a very good horse to us, John. It's, it, it, they're very hard to come by. He's a, not, not a fashionably bred horse. He was um, bred by Keith Carmody, and he's a, an exceptionally good horse. He's, he's just out of form at the moment, but uh, I'm sure that he'll get back to the heights that um, he was showing last time where we thought he may have been a Doncaster type horse. And... Uh, He's uh, still got plenty of racing in him, and uh, he's, a, he's an exceptionally good horse. Apart from him, we've had some very uh, talented horses, Pumpkin Pie and, and so on, since arriving back. Kopi Luwak, mm-hmm. uh, to name a few. And uh, um, they're all, all horses that have been racing through uh, the inception of these highway races. The 2019 Inglis-Australian Broodmare and Weanling Sale and the Chairman's Sale were an overwhelming success. The Chairman's Sale ended with a clearance rate of 92% and an average of over $427,000, a record for a Southern Hemisphere sale. On a memorable evening at Riverside, four mares sold for a million or more two of them selling for two million or more, and they were Maastricht Dam of Loving Gabby and dual Group 1 winning mare Srikandi, while a further seven sold for $500,000 or more. Lot 1, a trapeze artist breeding right for next season, made $105,000 for injured jockey Ty Angland, who was present at the sale with his wife Erin. The two days of select and general race fillies and brood mares averaged over $42,000 with a clearance rate of 76%. Select weanlings averaged $36,000 with an 85% clearance. The four-day sale grossed almost $40 million. You'll find the full sales results and information on upcoming sales on inglis.com.au. For a bloke who rode horses as well as you did, I imagine you would be extremely discerning 
in your choice of jockeys. You've used uh, Karen McAvoy with great success, Adam Hieronymus. Matthew Carl has been a great mate. Uh, Jay Ford, Blake Shin, Corey Brown, and currently Nick Hayward does a very good job for you, Dan. Yes, John. Nick comes down and rides uh, a bit of work for us occasionally and some jump outs. He's a, a, a reminds me a lot of myself. He, he's um, a, a really good horseman and uh, a quite going sort of lad, real country um, lad. And uh, but uh, he's got beautiful hands and and he's a very talented rider. He's a little little bit uh, heavy, uh, and I know how hard he weighs, but he's a He's a real talent, John. Mm. Have you ever considered the possibility of moving closer to Sydney? John, I, I <clears throat> after I uh, split with um, Alan Carty, I worked for Tony McAvoy for six months and ran Tony Stables in Sydney, mm-hmm. um, after which uh, I considered the options of training in Sydney at the time. However, um, my partner and my daughter lived here in, in Goulburn. Mm. Uh, it's very expensive to start up in the city unless you've got good owners behind you. At that stage, I had to uh, basically start from scratch again, and uh, it was far more economical for me to uh, to train in Goulburn. And the passing of Guy Walter uh, opened up a, an opportunity as far as uh, unfortunately, guy passing, but uh, it guy trained here at Goulburn as well. Had a set of stables, and uh, I was able to move into those stables. And uh, it's 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 um, a great privilege to um, to be training here in Goulburn and having guys stables. Mm. Well, you're pretty centrally located, aren't you? I mean, Melbourne is a manageable distance. It's quite a cruisy run, in fact, straight down the freeway. You're in Sydney in two hours, you're in Canberra in an hour, uh, Nowra, Maruya, the Sapphire Coast, all manageable. John, it's, it's, it's very well-centred, as you said, and, and I think if you, uh, from an owner point of view, they, they feel that you have to train in the city, but, uh, you know, that's not, um, you know, true. I mean, look at the fantastic facilities here we, we've got at Goulburn, uh, we're at only an hour and a half from Warwick Farm. So as far as travelling, it's an ideal location. Uh, the, the great facilities here in Goulburn and, um, you know, it's it's just out of Sydney. I, I don't know why you couldn't uh, be, be um, winning premierships from a place like Goulburn mm. uh, in the city. And it's, um, you know, apart from the climate, it's, it's a great place to live. And, um, you know, to, as I said, it's a great facility to be training out of. Apart from the climate, you, exactly. mean, you mean the winters are savage. Very savage, uh, John. <laughs> yeah. Coming from Canaveral, I'm not used to these cold uh, mornings. Mm. Uh, it can get awfully cold here at Goulburn, and uh, uh, my body doesn't stand up to that very well at all. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody told me once, you know it's cold when Danny Williams comes off the track with ice on his eyebrows. Yeah, some mornings my eyelashes are basically stuck together. <laughs> I wasn't going to mention the name Kopi Luwak, but you mentioned him a couple of minutes ago. Now, this son of Schnitzel has or did have plenty of talent. He's finished now. He's won two races from only four starts, but he was also a champion buck jumper. 
and he knocked you about badly early last year when he threw you high in the air in track work. You landed on the saddle with the legs spread and Dan, I know it sounds gruesome, but it is a fact, it literally split your pelvis. Yeah, John, it, it, um, I remember actually riding him. It was the first I had ever ridden him. And, uh, yeah, look, he didn't show any signs that he was going to buck. But uh, uh, when we hopped on him, uh, he threw in one almighty leap, mm. which sent me into the air and I, I wasn't prepared for it. And uh, I landed in front of the pummel of the saddle and uh, oh. um, I heard a pop. Mm. And I wasn't sure what it was at first, but uh, it, it felt like a knife um, being um, piercing in under my legs and uh, went up in, in towards my kidneys. And at, at that point, um, I tried to grip back into the saddle and, and um, my legs just wouldn't, uh, wouldn't sort of pull together. And uh, the horse continued to buck and... Uh, uh, it just continued to spread my legs basically apart, which which um, uh, separated my um, my uh, pelvis. So I had an open book fracture. Mm. Uh, basically, pulled my right leg from the the sacrum. Mm. Uh, after I fell off, um, I was uh, in hospital in in Canberra. Where I had two operations to put me together, and uh, the first one was an operation that. Uh, had an external brace um, uh, put inside me to to pull my uh, pelvis together to stop the bleeding, mm. uh, and then seven days later I had a, uh, a further or another operation to put a, a plate underneath my groin mm. and uh, a pin through my hip and sacrum to pull my um, my pelvis together. Well, Danny, after hearing your explanation of that injury. It's very hard to believe you'd want to come back to riding track work, but so great is your passion for riding horses that you did come back and you're still riding work. And there have been two more mishaps in between times, though, a broken well, nose and a shoulder. Most probably more than two, John. I, I've had, uh, unfortunately, uh, comes with the territory of, of riding horses so do injuries, and uh, just a few weeks ago, I had one smash me in the face and break my nose. Mm. Um, also, split my my tooth, and um, um, last year uh, as well, I I ended up having a fall, which um, uh, ended up with um, surgery in my right shoulder. Mm. Um, so they're just a few of the injuries that I've had. I've had um, you know hundreds of busters they say you have to have a hundred busters or more to be a good rider so <laughs> i've had my fair share and uh you know look there's been many injuries um that um you know i i, I can remember and uh, i'd like to put those behind me but i'm i'm getting a little bit older now where where uh, mm. i feel like uh if i could i'd give it away but um not uh, yet it's, it's a tough business and you, you you to survive you've got to keep going and uh one of the things that um, I'm good at is riding. Dan, is it a case of simply wanting to know how they feel? Look, it helps, John. It's it's not uh, a necessity. I've come to the um, uh, realisation that, that um, I am getting older now, that I, I don't um, need to be riding work. Um, 
but it, look, it's a tough industry. Uh, young people aren't getting any smaller. Um, it's difficult mm. to get track work riders, um, and it's difficult to get horse people, very good horse people. The days are gone where, uh, you know, the dog in the backyard or the horse or the pony next door, um, it's getting far and few um, mm. people that are in the industry now that have any uh, background or, or come from a property, um, you know, so most of the, the kids these days are very tall. They're much bigger. Um, so getting good track work riders is very difficult. So it's more a necessity than anything else. You've had very few horses to train by elite stallions. So with the support of loyal owners, you went to last year's yearling sales intent on upgrading. And you have in your stable right now rising three-year-olds by... I am invincible by schnitzel and by not a single doubt, and you've given them heaps of time. John, um, I went out on the limb last year. I thought, um, how can I continue to grow my business? It's a very uh, competitive industry. Last year, we ran 11th in the Sydney Premiership, mm. and I sat down and had time to think about uh, – different types of strategies to try and improve our business. And one of those was the confidence of coming off a good season that I'd run with my own uh, ability and, and, and take a bit of a punt, go out and, um, and buy some young horses this year, which we did. Mm. And uh, we've bought some very well-bred horses. Um, I'd like to sort of focus on being in the top 20 in the Sydney uh, area and uh, and try and be competitive, not only in the highways, but the championships and the new inception race on Kosciuszko Day. Um, sorry, on uh, Everest Day, which is mm. the Kosciuszko. And um, one of the, 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 the ideas I, I thought of was trying to bring better class horses into my stables, and I wondered how, how to do that mm -hmm. and bring more clients into um my stable as well and, and this was one of the, um, the ideas i came up with so we've gone and bought some very nice bred horses um throughout um starting back in goulburn we've we've had hand-me-down horses and uh we we felt that um by improving our stock it would give us a, a bit more mm. um ammunition to to head towards those better races and when do we see these well-bred ones at the trials John, I've been very patient with them as the new owners. Uh, we, they've been uh, with us uh, about 10 months now. We've been in and out with them. Um, unfortunately, none of them have made it as a two-year-old, this preparation. They're all horses that are looking as, as though they're, they're going to be better three-year-olds. They're all out in the paddock at the moment. Right. Um, I've never My stable's never been lighter. They're all out spelling, but uh, I'd say uh, in, in – um, the next four months, hopefully, we'll, we'll reap the re rewards of all these horses um, returning back into work and racing. Well, Danny Williams, you've been an ornament to this game as a jockey and as a trainer and as a horseman. You're held in the highest regard by all sections of the industry. Thanks for your time on the podcast. It's been a delight to have you. Thank you, John. I, I, as I've mentioned, you're one of my heroes and one of the people that I've looked up to all my life, and I appreciate the opportunity um, that you've given me. Thank you very much.
Thank you, Dan, and this podcast was produced by Supernova Sound. The 2019 English-Australian Broodmare and Weanling Sale and the Chairman's Sale were an overwhelming success. The Chairman's Sale ended with a clearance rate of 92% and an average of over $427,000, a record for a Southern Hemisphere sale. On a memorable evening at Riverside, four mares sold for a million or more, two of them selling for two million or more, and they were Maastricht Dam of Loving Gabby and dual Group 1 winning mare Srikandi, while a further seven sold for $500,000 or more. Lot 1, a trapeze artist breeding right for next season, made $105,000 for injured jockey Ty Angland, who was present at the sale with his wife Erin. The two days of select and general race fillies and brood mares averaged over $42,000 with a clearance rate of 76%. Select weanlings averaged $36,000 with an 85% clearance. The four-day sale grossed almost $40 million. You'll find the full sales results and information on upcoming sales on inglis.com.au.